0: right left right left
1: march left right left right
0: left right left march march hey what's going on everybody this is tim lawson and you're listening to fuel for warriors a podcast collaboration between lock and load java and lawson entertainment in this show i talk to military veterans athletes and others that resonate with the idea of being a warrior we find out what it means to them to be a warrior, what challenges they're facing, and what ultimately inspires them. Today's show brings us Nate Miyaki, a recommendation of my friend Kamal Ravikant. Nate is a fitness coach, an author, a vagabond strategist, and many other things. Him and I will get into wrestling, fitness, diets, the warrior ethos, and the challenges that he's facing today. When you finish with this episode, be sure to check out LawsonEntertainment.com for our other programming, and also LockAndLoadJava.com to get an exclusive offer from our co-collaborators. Here's a quick message from Carl, and then our interview with Nate. Enjoy.
1: Hey, Warriors. This is Carl Churchill, co-founder and chief coffee officer of LockAndLoadJava. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our friend and fellow veteran, Tim Lawson, as he interviews risk-takers who've embraced the Warrior ethos. I know you'll love our guest today. And when you're finished with the episode, head over to lockandloadjava.com and use the coupon code FuelForWarriors to receive a 10% discount on our premium coffee and cocoa. Stay motivated, my friends, and keep challenging yourself.
0: All right, warriors, I'm here with Nate Miyaki. He is a he's a trainer. He's an author. He is uh, highly acclaimed by uh, my friend, Kamal Ravikant. (laughs) Nate, thank you so much for for joining me on the show.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I'm honored. This this should be fun, a little different for me, so it's great.
0: Good, good. Uh, So, you know, I I mentioned Kamal Ravikant. Most people probably scratching their head, like, should we know who that is? Kamal was on another program of mine called One Too Many Veteran Suicide, uh, where we talked about mental and emotional health, and Kamal, being a veteran himself, spoke about that perspective of uh, of his life. Yep. And when we were done, uh, I asked him, like, "Hey, do, you know, do you?" Um, I think I just asked him in general, "Do you know anybody who'd be good for my programming?" And you were the first person to come up.
1: <laughs> and yeah, so,
0: awesome. yeah, so I, I, you know, I figured that's as a uh, good a recommendation as any. So um, I have a brief uh, introduction to you through what Kamal has given me, and from searching your site, reading your blog, stuff like that. Um, but before we get a little, before we really get into who you are and what you're doing, uh, let's, let's set the, uh, the tone right for the show. This is Fuel for Warriors. And we want to hear when you think of the word warrior, when you, when you ev- envision that, whether it's, um, whether it's a person or just an idea, what comes to mind?
1: Yeah. First thing that comes to mind is, is anyone who has the, uh, sort of the courage and conviction to uh, face their challenges in life head on, whether those be athletic, whether those be, you know, personal, whether they be business, whether it be anything, just anyone who has that sort of, um, you know, courage, like I said, to face their challenges head on to sort of, uh, um, you know, f- find find what they're fighting for and then never give up on that mission. So uh, it, it applies across all demographics. I, w- I wrote a book about my dad who was fighting cancer, who I I think he's the biggest – and best warrior I've ever known. So, um, I think it just applies to, to, to any of those things. So yeah, like, like I said, my dad, you know, cancer patient was, was, was the, was the, the most courageous warrior I've ever known in my life. So yeah, anyone, anyone, anyone who falls under that warrior by my book, man.
0: Very well. I like that. If anybody goes to your site, natemiyaki.com underneath your name, they'll see fitness author, Physique athlete and vagabond strategist <laughs> that uh, that last one is my favorite uh, but of those three things, which one of those do you identify with the most
1: uh, I would say these days uh, these days the author because i'm really focused on um, i think i think I've found my true calling in in, in sort of um, trying to take uh, basically the last 15 to 20 years of my life as an athlete and coach and the experiences I've gained through that through not only competing in different, you know, athletic venues, but also in working with so many different people from so many different uh, aspects of life over that, that period of time, sort of streamlining everything I've learned throughout those processes into some some practical strategies uh, that can actually help people, uh, whether in the fitness realm or in the, in the philosophy realm, psychology realm, self-help realm. I just really wanted to transition into uh, taking those strategies and getting them out there to people, just sharing what I've learned throughout that time. So I would say right now, uh, for self-actualization, it's, it's really fulfilling this sort of dream of mine to uh, to write more.
0: Yeah, very cool.
1: I think uh, I think... When it comes to athletics,
0: I think where warrior fits in the boat, it fits in the best. Uh, when just sort of stereotyping the idea of a warrior is not only the performance of an athlete, because right? when you think of warrior, we think of the tenacity that it takes to physically perform, sure. uh, but also the pres- the you know preserving your body uh, to be able to perform, and I think that that's where you fit in you know, on, on two accounts with this idea is not only are you an athlete, uh, that's been able to push your body to certain performances, but you also look inward to how do I preserve this performance and how I take care of my body to, uh, to continue to increase his performance and maintain it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's all about sort of, uh, um, looking at any, any sort of weapon you can use to, to accomplish those goals. So that's part of that is, you know, obviously, uh, obviously, just the physical nature of whatever sport you're doing, but also the the right mindset. right, you know, I think it's one of the most um, important but most overlooked aspects of, you know, whether it be performance sports or bodybuilding or whatever, is is the is the, is the mental mindset of it all. And then of course, like nutrition and you know how 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 you uh, recover from your training or, or whatever physical you know requirements you have in a day. Those are all interrelated. So it's mine you know, it's mind, body, spirit. It's all those things that you, you, if you're, if you're trying to get optimal results, you have to pay attention to all those little details. That, that, that's what really adds up into something great.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you mentioned that you've been an athlete in several venues. You know, you know, so for the audience that's uh, probably less familiar with you, what are some of the those uh, those venues?
1: yeah so uh yeah you, know, you know in high school it was mostly just you know traditional performance sports, so track and field football It was a little too small for d one football, which is where I ended up going um got a couple scholarship offers from the smaller d two d three schools, but I ended up going to uh to uh a d one school Berkeley, just more for the education and in when I went there, I sort of transitioned to a bunch of different stuff, man I was doing uh martial arts, including Capoeira, which is like this this acrobatic martial art, and through that. Got involved in stunts and gymnastics, and then ultimately was touring around as a pro wrestler for a couple years, like Hulk Hogan type stuff so so more performance, although most people don't see that as an athletic uh, endeavor, but man the performing stunts is is as is, is hard on the body and, and takes just as much training as, as any other sport i've ever known. Um, and then after that, got more involved in sort of the physique-based sports, so natural bodybuilding and things like that. Competed in a couple shows uh, in natural bodybuilding. So kind of the kind of a, a different breadth of experience in the athletic realm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you, you know, you mentioned you know the the wrestling side of it and stunts and, and whatnot, and um, how people don't really maybe notice notice the you know how much athleticism really uh, plays into that, but. You'll read any biography by anybody who was a big time wrestler in WWF or WWE and the toll on their body seems to be the overarching theme of their experience during wrestling.
1: Oh yeah, man, and there you know there was it's funny because in pro wrestling you get guys coming from so many different backgrounds from military backgrounds to, you know, college and and professional sports and, you know, and bodybuilding. and, 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 mine was more the, like I said, the gymnastics and acrobat side, but yeah, all of virtually all of them are like, man, one, the training for this just to, uh, just to get prepared is one of the hardest things, you know, they've ever done. And two is the toll on the impact of the body is just, you know, every time you take a slam, it's like getting hit by a linebacker at full speed. I mean, it, it, it looks like it's cushion and stuff, but it, it is, man, it's, it's brutal on the body. And, uh, it's, it's just, it's one of the harder things to do. It's one of the harder challenges out there. And, uh, uh people who come from a wide variety of backgrounds all say that. And yeah, you, you read any biography of wrestlers and, you know, it's a tough life. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people it's it's too tough, and you know they turn to other things to deal with it, to just get through. But um, yeah, it's 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 no joke, man. And it was it was definitely one of the more challenging things I've done. But it was on the flip side of that, it's one of the funnest things I've ever done too. So can't complain too much.
0: I can imagine you said you said like Hulk Hogan type stuff. Does that mean you sl- uh, also body slammed Andre the Giant?
1: <laughs> no, I tried once. I tried once to see if I could lift. Uh, his name is the Great Khali. He's now in the WWE. He's uh, he's like seven. He's like an Andre the Giant. He was seven foot one, like four hundred pounds. But I used to train with him a lot, and he could pick me up with one hand like it was nothing. But, uh, yeah, you know, it was, it, it was fun times. I was more the um, uh, Ray. I don't know if anyone watched pro, but Ray Mysterio type. I was one of the guys who did a lot of like flips off the ropes and sure, you know, crazy action. like Hardy Boys type stuff. Yeah, I was definitely. I was like Hardy Boys was definitely my my style it was it was you know double flips off the ropes and karanas and stuff like that so yeah it was cool
0: i i enjoyed ww i remember when it was wwf and that's the only way that i know it yeah. um but i would, you know i watched that as a kid and the hardy boys were sort of coming into their prime as i sort of got out of wrestling Mm-hmm. But I remember like it seemed like they were doing like triple backflips off the rafters in the ceiling. And I'm like, how there's, <laughs> I will I don't feel like the human anatomy can sustain that sort of a fall. Like I just did not understand how they weren't lim- like how they weren't shoving bones through their knees and stuff like it, it was amazing how how high up they could get and how much they could do before hitting the ground and then hitting the ground and still somehow walk away from it.
1: Yeah, and, and and they're just tough. I mean, the human anatomy isn't meant to do that. If you if you ask me, so I mean, all of my injuries I've ever dealt with have come through pro wrestling. It was like two torn uh, MCLs, a uh, torn labrum, shoulder surgery. I had uh, three broken bones in my foot. Uh, you know, a sprained neck, which was the scariest. Like, uh, it's just not meant to do that. That's that's why I'm a bodybuilder now and a, and a writer. <laughs>
0: There's uh there's not much other than maybe getting a cramp and may- maybe your foot falling asleep while you're riding. That, right, uh, that's right. really right. dangerous. A little computer
1: posture, some tight hips. <laughs> yeah,
0: feel some carpal tunnel coming on. Have to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know, let's um, let's let's talk about some of the other uh parts of your your life. I I, I really want to talk to you about being a vagabond strategist. Yeah, and. And because for two reasons, one, it's something I think vagabonding is such a fascinating idea. Um, I've read the book Vagabonding by, by Rolf Potts, and mm-hmm. um, and just that was uh, a great introduction to the to the idea. Mm-hmm. And I think there is, you know, when looking into the multiple the the different ways of perceiving a warrior, there's definitely a warrior mindset inside of vagabonding because it's about surviving it 's about you know stretching resources and it's about accomplishing a goal and stuff like that mm-hmm. while still being your own strong person, yeah uh, yeah, so talk to us about that a little bit,
1: yeah, it was really kind of my biggest influencers are Bruce Lee and then Miyamoto Musashi, who's you know the Ronin, and and the, you know the other, another word for vagabond, kind of wave man, kind of the whole concept of um using whatever weapons it takes to win and and more in the lines of and I put strategists because I think it's more about. Um, pulling strategies from different approaches without, get caught, without getting caught up in dogmatic systems. And I use that the most with my fitness stuff. That's where that's where it just makes sense to me in terms of like, you know, my nutrition approach is concepts of paleo nutrition, but I think it doesn't apply well to athletes. So I integrate research from sports nutrition principles and exercise physiology and sort of combine those many different camps that, that kind of get caught up in dogmatic systems. And I don't think it works well, depending on what your goals are. So I think the, the the best strategy is to take you know the appropriate principles from each you know sort of camp and 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 then apply it uh, based on based on your individual situation and, and, and to basically overcome whatever you're trying to overcome or to reach any goal you're trying to reach and I think that applies across so, almost every you know industry or career or pursuit I mean MMA is a great example It's like you know they used to just be wrestlers and they used to just be boxers now the best fighters are integrating you know, principles and strategies from every different martial art. So, and I just kind of define that, you know, works in, in every realm, realm I pursued and mostly in my, you know, sort of philosophical and spiritual approach. It has been like, hey, you know, don't get caught up in systems, you know, test and assess to see what best, works best for you and, and pull things, you know, like Bruce Lee's whole absorb what is useful, reject what is useless, and add what is essentially own to find what ultimately works. And I think that's the key. Uh, especially in modern life where it's, you know, changing so rapidly. So, you know, I apply that mostly in my nutrition and training realm, but, you know, also to sort of my spiritual and lifestyle approach. And I've just found that has been the greatest thing for me, not only to to sort of get stuff done, but also to kind of enjoy the ride along the way and be happy along the way. I think we, I think that's a key for so many, you know, important things that we're seeking in life is to be able to be flexible enough to just use whatever works.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, Emma. I love the example with MMA because anybody who's actually trained in in hand-to-hand combat or just you know self um, self self-defense in general knows that you're not going to go into it with just one like all right well I'm gonna I'm gonna box this guy or I'm gonna. Uh, you know, I'm going to use some jiu-jitsu on this guy. Like, you go in there, and depending on what they're doing and what the environment is dictates what approach you're going to take, whether there's weapons involved, whether you're, whether lethal weapons are an option or a necessity, stuff like that. Yep. And, you know, that's when you decide, you know, and after spending five years in the Marine Corps, I definitely have a better understanding of this and can appreciate, you know, the necessity of having uh having disciplined multiple practices and then knowing how to apply them and adapt and adjust and stuff like that and you know that's what that's what the best part about watching MMA is you actually watch these great fighters and uh, you know you watch some of the dominant ones and they can lean sort of on one or the other but you watch some of these mid-tier guys uh, i think tim kennedy's a good example where they can quickly go from one discipline to the next depending on how the situation adjusts and they can be just as effective because they're aware and they know how to fluidly go from one to the other.
1: Totally. And I think it, I think it really does apply. There's always a few outliers who are so great at whatever they do. They just really don't have to apply that principle. Um, but for most of us, you know, uh, uh, average genetics, average intelligence, whatever, <laughs> and be humble enough to realize that you And that's definitely me. Like I, I always tell people, is like, you know, The reason I've studied so many different, you know, approaches to nutrition and training is because I'm I'm genetically average and, and, you know, I don't do drugs to compensate. So I've had to basically, you know, take all these different principles and and, and mesh them together and find something that works. So I think it gives people other than outliers a very useful sort of uh, philosophical approach to tackling any challenge uh, and giving yourself the best shot at succeeding.
0: Yeah, so you know, you mentioned that you, you don't lean on any drugs to to help you out, and you know, you are uh, you're a certified trainer, you've you're an author when it comes to you know you've written books on fitness and health and stuff like that, and I think we may be robbing insight here uh, if I didn't ask, hmm. you know, what are you doing? You know, I don't. I don't like the idea of taking, uh, you know, any drugs or anything else to really influence the chemistry and physiology of my body. Right. Um, I'm open to certain, you know, I take, I think the, the most I do is I- I'll take a pre-workout every once in a while if I need a little bit more, uh, you know, energy going into my workout. But other than that, it's, you know, food and water. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, gets me th- that gets me through the day. So, you know, what are you doing that's allowing you to get such a great physique um, when, in you know, and what are maybe, maybe pick a one or two like huge supplements slash drug myths that you, that you think are over-exaggerated and oversold.
1: Uh, yeah, that you, you need any of them actually, to be honest, because food is when used properly is one of the, one of the, uh, most powerful ways to control, you know, hormones and enzymes, fat burning enzymes and things like that. So, uh, for me, I always, I I, 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 um, I think our industry gets caught up in the minutia and focusing on these kind of hacks and, and, uh, you know, insider secrets and magic pills, they don't exist. It's, it's all about consistency with fundamental principles. And it's, it's not very sexy. So when I talk about it, people are like, ah, come on, give me this. I was like, there is no it's, – it's about, you know, consistency and execution with fundamental <laughs> principles. So for me, my whole approach is that, you know, to, to optimize body composition, diet is most important. And then what I do is I focus on the macro aspects of that and really – Um, geeky, but exercise physiology, principle of specificity. So I think the key to efficiency with your program is to match your program to your specific goal uh, based on scientific principles. So uh, in diet, what I do is I always focus on, um, you know, calories and macronutrients, diet numbers first, because they're the most important thing to achieve higher level physique or performance goals. Then I start looking at optimizing food choices within that framework. And then I look at, you know, the rest of the details after that, diet structure. How do you make your plan as practical and sustainable as possible? Uh, and then from the training realm, it really is okay. Let's really look at the fundamental fundamentals of exercise physiology. Let's look at the demands uh, of your sport. Let's look at the biomechanics of your sport, and then let's design a program um, based off those specifics. And it's really, it's really just about you know taking the science and then applying it practically to to come up with the most efficient plan. Then from there, that's a bucket, that's a starting point, that's all you can really give people. Then from a matter of there, it's what we talked about before of using whatever weapons work. It's about getting the most informed starting point, then going out, applying it, and then testing, assessing, and then refining as necessary in the real world. But you got to start with an informed plan to begin with.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um, sorry, that was babbling,
1: <laughs> geeky. Geek. No, no, that was that was, that was that was a lot of insight
0: right away, uh, and that's that's all. I, I think, um, <laughs> you know, we're Americans, right? So I'm I'm reading a book by Jim Gaffigan, who I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's a he's a pretty famous comedian, and he his most of his shtick is on food, right? Mm-hmm. He I mean he became famous because of a skit that he did on hot pockets. <laughs> and I'm re- yeah and i'm reading a book by him called food a love story and he pretty much admits that he just loves devouring all the food that a great nation has to offer anything from a really nice rolled well- on steak all the way to mcdonald's like he he even admits like look i like mcdonald's yep. and one thing that you know as you read this you realize just americans just cannot discipline themselves when it comes to food and it's so even like I have gotten to a point in the past decade where I've been able to eliminate most fast food out of my life, where I don't drink a lot of soda, energy drinks don't appeal to me. Most of my fluids these days are just coffee and water. Yep. And but still, I can't get myself away from having a really well done burger. Not at, like not at not at McDonald's or Burger King, but even going to a nice bar, like a nice, nice pub, and getting a really well done burger. But I know like. As I'm eating, I'm like this is like taking away so much of what I did at the gym this week, <laughs> and and it's it's just so so difficult. So I have to ask. I mean, I've, I see I see your photo, you know, uh, on your website. You uh, have very well defined abs. Is it possible <laughs> to to have a burger and as a part of my regular diet and still get abs like that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I go out and uh, I eat. The foods I love, you know, burgers and fried tempura, you know. But I, I, the key is for me, I, I, I don't think anyone who tries to eliminate that stuff indefinitely will not last. So I always tell people you got to think about sustainability right from the beginning. Are you ever really going to not eat a burger again to get uh, in six-pack abs? No, of course not. So you want to think about sustainability right from the beginning, but you also want to set up your, your, your strategy or approach to where your your baseline diet is, is mostly of real, whole, healthy, natural foods. So I always do things like integrate cheat meals or discretionary calories with people, but 80 to 90% of the, what they're eating is, you know, real, healthy, whole, natural foods. And I think we're under the impression that we have to be 100% on, and then when we're under that impression, we're either 100% on or, or, or not on at all, and I think there's a nice middle ground within there now it's it's not sort of infomercial where yeah eat whatever you want and you know but it it is sort of a balance of um your baseline nutrition plan being um you know basically to fuel the body and to provide all the nutrients it needs but then having a little bit of leeway for you know social reasons or for just psychological reasons or just for you know national we want to go out on a saturday night and drink with our buddies and eat a burger and not worry about it so you got to factor those things into a uh diet plan uh if you're thinking about sustainability the problem obviously in america is we all think you know short-term quick fix um you know get fit quick schemes and we don't we don't ever even ah we'll worry about it after but you got to think about sustainability right 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 from the beginning there
0: yeah and uh, have you seen the the rise of the popularity of the dad bod
1: (laughs) you know I, uh, I've been on, I'm on social media and I keep on seeing the hashtag. I'm like, what the hell, what the hell is the dad? Bond?
0: Yeah. So it's, uh, pretty much just, it's a glorification of just like the average body, right? There's, yeah. uh, you know, you're not, you're not overweight at all but you know, there's maybe definition maybe in like your hip flexor or something like that. <laughs> but other than, other than that, there's really no definition, but you don't look like you're out of shape. Right, um, just right. look like an average person. Yeah. So if you were to if you were to look at that Nate, and you were to be and you were to, and I know everybody's different the way their body works and stuff like that, but just right. speaking in general, if you were to take a person with sort of that average body, and you were to give them your diet plan and you know, let's say a manageable exercise plan for someone who has a you know a, a normal busy life, mm-hmm. how long you know until what's the reality on going from a body like that to I have I have definable and viewable six pack abs.
1: Yeah, so so it it just depends on the level of like you said, it's like what do you what do you want to do it for? Like like a lot of people they they just not they just don't that's not what they want. They just want some balance and and they might be in good shape but they're not going to be a, a a dad bought out of shape or whatever but um they're just they're just never gonna reach, to be honest. And I'm always people. You're not gonna be ripped. You're not gonna be cover model ripped. But you can be in really good shape and healthy and all those things. Um, but for someone who's committed and is really like, yes, I'm gonna focus on the numbers. I'm gonna hit this plan hard. And and that's the thing is my plans aren't on, aren't uh, impractical. That's another myth in the industry. People are like, oh, so I have to. Uh, I have to work out seven days a week for two hours twice a day, and i you know I have to you know eat no carbs and 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 suffer and just be a zombie for twelve weeks. I'm like, no, that's not the case. My plans are all based on like hey three to four days a week of strength training for forty minutes, you know three meals a day, eat your biggest meal at night, just get some targeted numbers and some good food choices, and it's doable right so you know for someone like that who commits it's you know it's a twelve week thing it's 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 not overnight, but it's not you know. Hey, it's going to be, you know, unless they're really out of shape, right? It's not going to be a, a, you know, a five-year thing. You yeah. want to be an elite bodybuilder. That's years and years and years of consistency. But, you know, a six-pack is, you know, it's not 4% body fat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. So we've 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 uh we've covered a bunch here from you know some of your books you you know your as an athlete wrestling uh vagabond strategist we've covered covered a lot here so now that we have an idea of sort of who you are and what realm you're in your background let's talk about you know a challenge or two that you see yourself facing routinely whether it's a daily weekly monthly challenge something that sort of keeps coming up and you you recognize it and you have a new you have a a better formed approach to dealing with it because your experience what are some of those routine challenges you're facing
1: yeah i see. i i I, you know it's funny my my friends who are you know entrepreneurs and businessmen and they're in the fitness too they're like hey you got you got so many burners and you got your health and fitness you got your physique you got your relationships and then you got your business and all these things like it's it's hard to have all those burners going at max once so um, I feel like I got my my health and fitness set, my my sort of uh, passion set, my relationship set. The biggest challenge for me these days is the business stuff, and that's where I'm kind of putting my uh, my focus on. Is really sort of like we talked about, sort of transitioning into um, you know writing full time because that's what I believe my my talent is, is what I believe I'm meant to do. Uh, but these days, being a writer also means you have to be an you know, entrepreneur and a businessman and things like that, which is always my my toughest challenge. Um, And I think the biggest thing I've realized is that in working with clients who are great at business, but they're struggling in fitness, I'm always like, hey, dude, just take, take the strategies that you're using to be great in business and apply them to fitness. And they're like, oh, the light bulb goes off. And as soon as I said that, I'm like, shit, I need to do the same thing, man. I'm like kind of the guy who's like, well, I just want to be a successful business. So let's get the get, you know, rich quick schemes and l- let's get this going no work, no discipline, no effort. I just want this to happen tomorrow because I don't really like it. So <laughs> for me it's been the challenge is to take the lessons I've learned uh, as an athlete and then apply those to business. So things like, you know, researching as much as you can, uh, you know, not getting down when you when you ha- when you lose a small battle or you defeat, never staying defeated, getting back up. Being okay with failure, as long as you learn why you fail and and, and learning from that, and, and sort of just kaizen, constant and continual improvement. You know, getting a little bit better each day, and and having some patience and some discipline, and you know, all, all those types of delay gratification, all those things that that really helped me succeed as an athlete. You know, my challenge and you know my approach these days is to apply those things to to building my business, and I think it's really helped. I think that's you know, a key strategy is to take something that you're naturally very good at, break down the strategies that you use to get there. Because sometimes that happens very naturally, you don't even realize there are actual strategies there. What you do then is you figure out what those strategies are, and then you apply them in some other realm of your life where you're struggling. And that's, you know, my struggles now are all business. It's not in any of the other realms. So that's what I'm trying to do these days. And it's it's actually that mindset has helped a lot to just say, hey, listen, you know, it took you 15 years to become a you know, a, a, a bodybuilder or whatever, it's, you know, building a business is not going to happen in three months. <laughs> and so yeah. I get the same people coming to me as like, well, I've never worked out, but I want to be a fitness model in three months. It's like, okay, great. Well, <laughs> here's, here's some, uh, here's some, uh, reality truth serum for you. And, and so I've, I've had to, you know, give myself that sort of, uh, bitch slap in the face when it comes to business.
0: <laughs> sure, sure. So then as we like to uh, wrap up each interview with Nate, what is, what is inspiring you? What's keeping you going? What's making you tackle uh, all of these things? What keeps all the burners on?
1: I think for me, it's, um, you know, uh, maybe I'm going through a midlife crisis and it's all based on self actualization. (laughs) So I've been reading all about that. (laughs) Bruce Lee, uh, Maslow's theories, things like that. I'm just like, you know what? Uh, The most important thing to me in life is self actualization. And I want to, I want to feel like I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing and I'm living up to my full potential. And, uh, you know, when I look back on things, it it could be really, honestly, both my parents passed away in the last two years. And, you know, I've really been thinking a lot about that probably subconsciously since then. I'm like, Hey, when I, when I go out, when I look back, am I going to say I did everything I wanted to do? I've had a good start on that with the whole wrestling and bodybuilding and music stuff that I did. But I'm like, you know, I really feel like my, my calling is, is to be a writer. And I say, you know, I'm on, I want to, I want to make sure, even if I fail at it, I, I want to make sure I gave it my best shot. So that's really what, uh, that's really what keeps me going every day when, you know, I'm technical, technologically challenged and my websites break down. I'm like, damn, I just want to go get a job. This is stupid. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, like you're, you're, you're going to struggle, but you know, if, if this is really what you're meant to be doing, you got to give it your, your best shot. So that's kind of a, uh, that's kinda of where my head is at now. It's all on self actualization and and, and and kind of uh giving giving myself the best shot at at fulfilling that sort of uh core value. Yeah, absolutely. And Nate, I have I have one
0: more bonus question in here, yeah. specifically just for you.
1: Sure. Uh at Facebook.com
0: slash Nate Miyaki, uh yeah. your cover photo says just do cool shit, whatever that means to you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's right. We put that up a, a while ago. Um, yeah. Um,
0: most, most recently. Yeah. What has that, what has that meant to you? When was the last time you're like, man, that was, that was cool.
1: That's a, that's a good, Oh, okay. So, um, my, the, and I swear this is not like, Oh, this is like shady self-promotion book plug, <laughs> but, uh, uh, <laughs> it's going to sound like it, but uh, Hey, I wrote this book, but know, uh, it, but seriously, this is it. I had, um, so in it's in, it's in, it's, uh, so my, my, my niche is obviously fitness, uh, but there was, um you know, there's this place out here in the Bay Area called Phil's Coffee, and I just thought it was just like the coolest place ever, and on all these, like, sort of philosophical um, strategies that I uh, studied in theory, sort of the Bruce Lee stuff about following passion and self-actualization and and, and following your core values instead of trying to live up to someone else's, and doing it your own way, and staying authentic instead of getting caught up in sort of social pressures and market pressures and things like things like this. There's this coffee shop company that that's, that's like that, that's like their whole mission and that's their whole core core values. And I and I go there every day and I'm like, you know what? I watch this movie called. Uh, Jiro Dreams of Sushi. And it was like this guy who was like a total philosopher, but he's a sushi maker. No one knows what that is. But anyways, the the whole thing is like I'm like, someone's got to write a book on this coffee shop. It's totally not my niche. I totally shouldn't be doing it. I should be focusing on the fitness shit, but I wanna write this book. And I'm gonna write a book about how they apply these principles that I have studied and have helped me honestly so much, both in business and in life and athletics. And I'm like, I'm gonna write a book based on this company and how they do that. And so I just put it out. Uh, um, it was a couple-year project. It got shelved a couple times because my contacts at the place moved on, and and, and, and uh, finally, after like three years, uh, we put it out uh, in, in April, and I was I was just like, that That was it. That was cool, man. I don't care if this thing makes me any money. I'm just happy that I did it, and I finished the project, and I put it out because it was that personal to me. So I guess that's a, that's a good example. I swear that's not a plug. I'm not even going to mention the name because you're going <laughs> to think it's a plug, but – yeah, that's it. <laughs> so you know what, I, I'll, I'll do it for you. It's called A Filtered Soul. <laughs> yes, that, that was yes, two it, cool shit for the year. And I'm, uh, it's really uh, actually, writing the book, to be honest, it was totally selfish. It re inspired me to sort of chase after my own dreams, follow my own passion, and, and kind of do it my own way. So um, having them as a real life example um, really has motivated me to, again, pursue those things that I feel are important to me. That's really cool. I'm I'm
0: ch- I'm gonna check out this book, A Filtered Soul. <laughs> You've inspired me to read this book.
1: <laughs> that
0: was that was a heck of a monologue for a uh, for oh, a book man. on a, on a <laughs> coffee shop and stuff. That was <laughs> kind
1: of like a scumbag. It's like, hey, yeah, <laughs> but no, but that's, that's true.
0: but here's the thing is I think a lot of people on their bucket list is write a book. A lot of people have on their bucket list to write a book. So anytime that you can feel passionate about a book and write it publish it and have that same feeling of like i don't care who reads that i just did that
1: yeah 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 no it was uh it was great man i i um I, I just walked around the, for a couple of weeks, just smiling like a jackass, and people are like, "What are you smiling at?" I'm like, <laughs> "Dude, I just did this cool thing, man." Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: that's very cool. Did you carry it? Did you carry it around on you, like on like the like the the the, the bus and stuff? So people are like, "Oh, what's that?" Oh, it's just this book. I just read that <laughs> oh, it's just this book.
1: Uh, yeah, this Namiyaki guy. Yeah, uh, he's he's a pretty handsome guy. I mean, look at this guy. He's he's great. <laughs> yeah.
0: no. Yeah, you totally play it off like, it's nah, not. You're like, oh, I just picked up this book, but I, you know, I could, you know, here, you want a copy? I can find, sure, I can find another one. <laughs> it's
1: funny. So, in my in my fitness books, right, like, uh, uh, there's a picture on the back cover. It's like me, like, like with the six pack abs or whatever. Because you know, hey, it's, you got to use what you can to sell your books, right? So the publishers like. Hey, I'm gonna put that picture on this. I'm like, no, 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 no. You gotta put like a normal picture. <laughs> like, I don't want to be walking around co- totally, co- completely different niche. And there's this like douchebag with his shirt off. It's like, no, 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 no.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, that's uh, that's funny. It's like, buy my book because I'm hot. Yeah. Totally uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but hey, that's worked for other people.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm sure it has. Nate, how can if someone's been inspired and they want to come to you for. Know, collaboration, insight, whatever. How how can they get in touch with
1: you? Uh yeah, best way is uh my website uh um uh natemiyak N A T E M I Y A K I dot com and just contact me through there. Uh like you said, I've I got a Facebook page and, and the Twitter thing, so I'm on there too. Um yeah, just uh just hit me up, man.
0: Absolutely. Nate, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. We've touched the we touched on this subject that I did not anticipate getting into today. <laughs> uh but I think that anybody who listened or anybody who uh, has watched wrestling in the past couple decades appreciated at least one portion of this episode.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope there was like one nugget of gold within the, all that rambling that actually helps someone. So absolutely, I'm sure there's something.
0: <laughs> Nate, thanks again, and we uh, we look forward to uh, we look forward to the rest of what you're doing in the future with books, your business, and the rest of it.
1: All right, brother. I really uh, I really appreciate it. Take care, man. Left. Left, right, left, right, left, march, left, right, left, right, left,
0: right, left, march, march.